Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. An Erios production. everyone and good morning. It is morning for me. I'm sitting here at my wicker desk drinking out of a Britney Spears coffee mug. You know, I contain multitudes, but really it's just two things I contain. And that is equal parts, one of like hippy dippy, like wicker desk, gauzy white pants, Jen, and uh, cheesy Britney Spears mug, you know, love a spray tan, Jen. That's like, that's what I got. That's my combo. Sometimes I like to say that my brand is wholesome psychotic. What do you guys think? I also think that that's Britney's brand. And once again, this is why we're soulmates. Okay, you guys, on today's show, I have a friend from college, my friend Steve Moreau. He lives in New York City. I haven't talked to him in forever. And we we always like check in on each other. You know, well, really it was... During the wedding years, when all your friends get married, saw Steve all the time. And it was great because Steve is my party friend. Steve is the guy I watched the Dream Within a Dream HBO special with. Steve is the person who I went to see a live taping of American Idol with. Steve is the person who you just talked about pop culture with. And he was also the maybe the original hype man, like you would walk into a room and Steve would see you from across the way and just start screaming your name. And he's my dear friend and I love him so much. And he contacted me and he was like, girl, we need to talk about Britney. And I was like, yes, we do. So this is a really fun episode. I think for all of us right now, you know, when I was saying like, we need to get back to basics a few weeks ago and also remember our joy and remember what it means to be a fan and the piece that I think we've kind of forgotten about again, because we've had such a hellscape of a year is the joy, the joy that the people that we are fans of bring to us. Um, you know, not to always just be uh, in defense of or to go to battle for really, honestly, you know, in place of armor, it's, you know, uh, memorabilia and, uh, and, and strong words on the internet. So let's, let's just like ease into some joy and fun and have like a laugh and reminisce and you can honestly feel it in your body. I'm, do you guys meditate? <laughs> um, and I've been meditating now, working on it uh, for for a little bit, and it just really does. It, it's it's amazing what it does to your physical body so quickly. The second you're done meditating, your body feels lighter. You can actually feel the warmth in your chest. Anyone else? Just me. It's amazing. 
it's just really incredible. So that's what this conversation did for me. A couple things about Brittany, you guys, on her Instagram this week, she's given us so much. One, she gave us the reel where she's in a cat suit, and the caption is is hilarious. It's just, it gave me a giggle when she says, found my cat suit, couldn't find my mask, but I found my body. <laughs> I love her. I love her. And I feel like Brittany is also getting back into the swing of things. Um, and I hope her boyfriend enjoyed that cat suit because girlfriend found her body. I'm working on finding my body, guys, and I'm feeling close. I'm feeling really close to it. Also, speaking of getting back to basics, my birthday is this week. My birthday is at the end of this week, April 16th. I got my nails done. I got a manicure and a pedicure. The pedicurist, after she was done, tapped my feet and said, new feet. And I said to myself, wow, I've never felt such shame. I knew it was bad, but, it, it, you know, she she made that crystal clear. And, and I'm very grateful for the work she did on my feet. And then I got my hair cotton colored on the deck of my house which was really fun. A lovely gal named Aubrey came over and sat on my deck and she did me right. I looked at myself in the mirror and I walked outside and I showed my husband and I asked him a question and I was serious. I said, am I too good looking now? (laughs) Oh, it was a dream. It was a dream within a dream, you guys. So I'm coming back and I'm feeling the bod and, you know, just getting in touch with my joy. And I hope everybody else is too. A couple other things Brittany put on her Instagram was a birthday celebration post for her sister, Jamie Lynn, named after both of their parents, Jamie and Lynn. And in that photo, it's an old photo, is Justin Timberlake. And this is when I love Britney. Now listen, I know we're going to get into the whole thing. Is it Cassie posting, the woman who runs her social media? And I have more thoughts on this. But at the end of the day, the photo is up. And I think that Brittany has a, a touch in each of these things. At the very least, at the very least, Brittany has a touch in all of this. Here's what I love. Brittany's so confident and so kind that she just doesn't, it's like she just can't be bothered by Justin Timberlake. Like she likes his music and she has fond memories and she is fine talking about him, unlike Justin Timberlake. Now here is when I... I I jump into the pool of fans that sometimes I have a hard time with. And that is the, you know, we're going to battle for this person. In this case, it's Brittany. And I just, I can't, I can't help it. Like I have a problem with Justin, but I know Brittany doesn't have a problem with Justin. And this just goes to show you that she is more evolved than all of us. Most of us. She's, she's cool with it. She's cool with it. I'm cool with so many of my exes. I think all of my exes. Some I'm friends with, keep in touch. Like it doesn't, it's not one way or the other. It's an interesting thing. I'm just like a people person. I'm like, I love everybody. This is great. Um, Love is love. Love is love. Uh, So Brittany couldn't be bothered. But Cassie, you guys, I, I, like I get, like we know someone is working on her social media. Okay, this is not, this is also not a rare thing. When someone is this big of a celebrity, this gal has worked with Britney for years. Now, again, Britney's been in her conservatorship for years. And is this gal like the coolest gal in the world? Are there people who do her job better than her? Do you know that she started out as a fan? Do you guys know that? Now, I, I keep sharing information with me, but I just think we're not. You know, it's like when you're looking at a globe and you're seeing it in one direction. Let's just let's just tilt it just a little bit so we can see it from a different direction. Like open ourselves up to the full picture. I'm just screaming into a void. But Cassie, yes. If Cassie posted that picture of Justin Timberlake on Jamie Lynn's birthday and she also posted the picture of, you know, the single rose. But is is Cassie the mastermind behind touch of of rose, touch of red, all these things that then we say have hidden meanings that Brittany's giving to us? So is the theory I'm I, I'm just let's just try to figure out conspiracy theories, guys. If if Brittany is the idea that Brittany gives us secret messaging 
through her Instagram posts and and Brittany is so much smarter than Cassie that she's able to get these things approved. And Cassie says, sure, okay, Brittany, we'll put Touch of Rose up there. And then Cassie posts it and then Brittany's like, I won. I won today. Is it is it kind of like we think that she's in Handmaid's Tale and she's Elizabeth Moss and she was able to get that secret message out to all of us? Do you know what I mean, guys? What are we doing? What are we doing? I just think that all of these things are kind of true. Like Cassie, yes, is posting. Cassie sometimes posts like lame things. Brittany gives Cassie posts and Cassie posts those things. Guys, that's called collaboration. And yes, is Cassie employed by the people who are also in charge of Brittany's conservatorship? Yes. Is it messy over there? Yes. Is it not just a bunch of evil people who get in a room every day and say, how can we make Brittany's life miserable? No, no. You know, all of these things are true. Much like how I wear gauzy white pants and have a wicker desk and also enjoy a spray tan. All right. I want to say one last thing. Brittany got her vaccine. She got her first shot. And she posted a video and she sounded lucid, strong, giving us information, letting us know that this is in quotes. People on the internet said the the shot was going to hurt like a bullet through the arm. Brittany didn't experience that. She said it's no big deal. And then she gave her boyfriend a high five. And they did like a funny like high five. <laughs> They're basic. This is why I love these people. Um, but she sounded so great and she sounded healthy. And I love that she was spreading the word. I got my first shot and I'm so ready. I'm so ready to hug my friends, give them a squeeze and just, you know, be traveling and having a summer. You guys, I also have one last thing. I'm saying you guys a lot today. It's morning. It's just, you know, I'm drinking the coffee and it's kicking in. So I'm going to be more mindful of that. This week, I'm going on a journey with Theodore Leaf, friend of the podcast. We are going to hit up all of the Britney hotspots around Los Angeles. We're talking, we'll be driving by the old Joseph's where Brittany met Kevin Federline, the club where they met, those filthy animals. Then we'll be driving up on Mulholland and driving past the neighborhood where Brittany lived, where she sat outside and she cried in a very vulnerable moment. That's going to be a sad part of the tour, but these moments are important. We're also going to go to the car wash where Brittany performed in her Pretty Girls music video with Iggy Azalea. We'll be going to the house in Studio City where Brittany married Kevin. This is going to be an episode of the podcast. So we're going to go on a journey like a little field trip. And then we're going to come back. And we're going to sit down and, and we're going to talk about the feelings that come up inside both of us. Kind of just like going, getting, stepping into Brittany's shoes. So if you guys have any ideas as to where we should visit on this field trip, please call the hotline and call the hotline in the next few days because we're doing it this week. It's also going to be a birthday celebration for myself because I will never not have a tiny piece of me that is 16 as I step into my very late 30s. So call the hotline at 814-277-3277. Where do you guys want us to go? I'm so excited. Thanks for listening as always. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my dear friend, Steve Moreau. There's so much to talk about. We have known each other for so long. It's crazy. I met you when I was 18 years old at Emerson College, freshman year. It is insane. We are in double decades, Zabs. And by the way, like, I, I don't call you Jen. I just call you Zabs because I think you're, like, fantastic. And you've been, like, a big, bright, shining ray of light in my life since I met you in the halls of the Little Building um, at Emerson College. And... You know, it's so funny how people change and you know how they evolve in life. 
But honestly, that bright light that you have has never stopped shining. It is just as bright as it was the first day I met you. And trust me, it is a beautiful and strong light. Oh, my God, Steve Moreau. Thank you. Well, the thing about you is that you're the ultimate hype man. (laughs) I feel like all you did was hype everyone up from the day, like from the moment I met you, it would, you would just see, you, he'd be like, Zaps, yes, this is what's happening. Let's go. And then you just did it even now. You did it to every single person you would see in the halls. Like, okay, let's talk about Brittany. And I mean, where do we even begin? Do we want to talk what she's doing now? Do we, we want to talk about what I can only describe as an epic tour with Dream Within a Dream? I mean, I, like, how do we break this down? Because there's so much to unload Zaps. Like, I don't even know where to start. I don't either. I think we should start with Dream Within a Dream because, Steve, you and I Mm -hmm. watched Dream Within a Dream on HBO together in your apartment. In my apartment, I believe it was actually on my bed in my bedroom that I shared with my roommate, Matt, who's now one of my good friends. Um, And we were eating mozzarella sticks, living our best life, like not a care (laughs) in the world. And so I have to preface this with, Brittany has always been a part of my life in some way, shape, or form. And she's always been a weird driving force of things I've done. And when I went to Europe, one of the concerts that I saw there was the Oops, I Did It Again tour in the Netherlands. And what? I, this was, this is like classic 2000 fall Brittany. And I went with one of my friends who was on the tour with us, and it, trust me, like changed my life in ways that I didn't know existed. I did not know this story. Mm-hmm. It was it was the European tour too, which was like also just kind of a weird thing to see because like I feel like European tours are so different than America because they change it up. They try to, you know, cater to their audience. They really try to like do something different to like give you a different show, you know? And the energy of the fans, even though you're all just screaming Britney and you're singing all the same lyrics and all the energy is moving towards the same idol on the stage, you're just still in a different country. People are speaking a different language. The culture is the same. It's like looking at a globe, but you're just like turning it slightly. So you're getting a different view. I feel like that is that experience. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And like, Trust me, when you're in another country with people and they like have these like German accents or Dutch accents and they're singing the song. I mean, it kind of like kind of made the experience really unique. So. So to set up the dream within a dream and our magical night of mozzarella sticks and was there a beanbag chair? Oh, yeah. There was in that room. Chair. I remember I remember that's where I sat during this viewing. You were saying, Steve, before we got on, that this came out in January 2000. I looked it up. So they filmed it at MGM, I think, on November 18th or 17th um, in Las Vegas. And then they aired it on HBO in, like, I want to say mid-January 2002. So, like, this was filmed, like, right after September 11th. I think our nation was, like, really sort of reeling. And we needed somebody to bring us back to normalcy, to bring back like kind of what because everything changed after that I mean like even living in Boston like it was a very seriously like life-changing event all over the world um and so um what's so funny is that I was doing a little research and Brittany donated one dollar to the firefighter and police families um off of her tour and donated it like after it was done um which I thought was like very like great of her like she like supported that Wait, what did you say one dollar off she of did, every every ticket she took one dollar and donated it to the police and the um, firefighter fund um, for September 11th. And she does get very emotional. She sits, sits down at a piano with a with a gentleman who's who's playing and she slows things down. And it's before she gets into not a girl, not yet a woman. But she uses this time before that to talk about how grateful she is to all of those who are making it possible for her to to perform. And mm-hmm. she has different troops from different places all over the country pop up on the screen and wave and she honors them and it's really and she she gets very emotional and very choked up. It, it seemed very grounded and 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 real. Don't you think, Steve? 
Well, first of all, I want to say this was supporting Britney, which was her third studio album, which, by the way, if you have the first three albums, the set list for this tour is like incredible. Like bananas. It's like every big, great song that you could want from those albums um, was on. this. So like the set list itself is like just incredible. But, you know, one of the things that she actually said about this is this is this was her to her fans pretty much embracing who she is now and showing you what she can do. And I, I mean, I have to say this concert has, it was first of all, incredible. The set production, the, the amount of like, you know, she's got this thing going out to the fans where she's like connecting with people and looking at them. She's got, I don't even, where do we start with the waterfall? The the water element in this show that every single night her show ended with rain. Mm-hmm. She's also attached to cables, jumps off a platform that there are dancers who are in charge of hooking her up before she just jumps. Just two little buckles on her side. Bam, bam. I could not be the, those two dancers. I would be like every night doing doing the sign of the cross. Just like, go. please, dear Lord. God me. I'm praying to you. <laughs> I cannot be responsible for this. We're dealing with water and, and like a bungee cord, essentially. It was unbelievable. And she's soaked. And that's how she ended. And imagine, you know, have you ever... Have you ever jumped in a in a lake in your jeans? I don't know. I'm from upstate New York, so I don't know if I'm the only one or if any of you city folk would understand this. But like taking off a wet denim, it's not easy. And she was doing that every night for us. Every, every single night. night. In a Swarovski crystal bra, just swinging through the air. She was 19. What was I doing when I was 19, Steve? We know I was sitting in a beanbag chair eating mozzarella sticks, taking the the most dangerous thing I did was take the green line by myself out to your apartment after 9 p.m. It was crazy. Oh, my God. And can we talk about the hat that she had on? It was like a clear bucket <laughs> hat, like that was a cowboy hat. A like cowboy hat, but it was a rain. It was, yeah, so it was a, it was a very sensible rain cowboy hat that's what it was as, as you do you know as i got one in my closet just in case um but what i just will say amazing. is the point i was trying to make is there were so many elements of this concert that other artists have now used and are kind of like it, they're like not tricks but they're like things they're kind of known for like let's just say um 2005 mtv video music awards kelly clarkson sings since you've been gone and guess what what she had water pouring all over her and her dancers Three years after Britney did it. Three. Like, Kelly, I love you. You, you. you did do something different. You sang the song live, but you were not the first to do that. Also, I mean, yes, Pink took it to the next level because yes. she got into silks. However, I would say Britney was kind of... The precursor to that. Yeah. She was the test model. God, and Britney is just in just such great shape. It's pink, disgusting. Pink performance shape. Like... That oh. belly ring that she has, that was like her signature, was amazing. She looked good. You know the one thing now, and this is my this is my only critique. I don't know who does her hair, and I get it. Like she has gotten wet, she gets sweaty. But those sometimes the the little like um, the extensions that she has in her hair, like kind of you can kind of see the phrase, which is like a little bit like her signature now because it's happened so much. But like you know, it's the one thing that I always pick up, and I'm like. You have, you know, amazing people working with you. Like, how how do you have those little... Okay, I actually have some intel on this because Ooh. I've talked about her extensions just with so many people now. I know nothing about hair and now I'm like, I think I've got... I, I know some stuff about extensions because of all of this. So at the time, those little individual extensions were kind of it. That's Those were the extensions that everyone was using. They were very of the moment. So Britney had the best of the best at that time, mm-hmm. but they are all those little individuals. So even when she uh, p- throws her hair up in a ponytail... And she, you know, and she's the she comes out of um, the music box, and she looks like a ballerina. It's mm-hmm. that, by the way, it's just it's am- amazing. Iconic. Oh iconic. god, so good! But you can see all the little tiny individual mm-hmm. extensions, and and I'm like, I, I kind of like it. I think it's I think it's well, great. Hold on, it carried on to blackout, and I don't know if it was like because of like 
what she was going through, but she had that same yes. issue. Yeah. I think it was like, you want a piece of me or want, I, it, I don't know if it was the blackout video. I, I don't know. But I remember seeing that again. And I was like, is this like a trend for you? Is this, is this what you're like trying to tell us you like to do? She has a, uh, she has opinions about her extensions and which she should, you know, it's her hair Absolutely. and it's how she, and so she's very, she's very protective of, of her extensions, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like, I mean, Brittany's on a whole journey with just her hair alone, just her hair alone. She's on a journey. Speaking of, how about this precursor? Did you notice that in Overprotected, all of a sudden there's a video image behind her that with a bald Brittany, and this is before she shaved her head? Yeah, um, that's what we call foreshadowing. Yes, that is what we call foreshadowing. <laughs> Rained in her psyche, and then when 2007 happened, she's like, I remember this on my dream within a dream tour. I know, and it's like, and it's dream within a dream, and there, some of them are like nightmares and others. Other of the the pre-tape stuff is very gentle. I mean, we go we go to a lot of different places. I mean, the John Voight of it all, Steve. Ooh. Do you know I worked I worked with John Voight on a movie, and he was one of the most wild characters I've ever worked with. Um, <laughs> but he he is a he's a he's something. He's really something, and I thought it was very interesting. Also, more foreshadowing that you had. This out of all the actors you could cast, you get John Voight, who has a very complicated relationship with his very famous daughter, Angelina mm-hmm. Jolie. And Brittany has a very complicated relationship with her father mm-hmm. and that he's reading a creepy bedtime story to a young girl. I was like, oh, God, this is just too much for me to handle. This is just too much. I think it was, you know, I think it was very prolific for Brittany in some ways. I don't know if she grew up watching Midnight Cowboy. I don't know. But but something inside of her. And you know what? I do have to say one of the other things I think that kind of shapes this concert is this was the Wade Robson era. I think he choreographed everything for this concert, which is why it was just like dance, dance, amazing production, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like, as we all know, what happened with Wade? I think that Wade was Britney's greatest collaborator. Absolutely. When it comes to movement. They just understood each other. And I also think that so there it's so complicated now that I've seen did you watch the Michael Jackson Oh, Neverland. Yeah. It was one of those things where I watched the first part and I was just like, God, I don't know that I need to see the second part because this is like very disturbing on a lot of levels. And while I appreciate and, and everybody telling their story, um, I just, you know, it's just like some things I just. I mean, it's, it's, it's so, it was very sad, very, very triggering, sad. very, uh, I mean, I found myself standing up and like trying to fold laundry and then having to like walk out of the room and just it was I and and it, it's an uncomfortable story they were so brave to to tell their story absolutely in the doc he Wade mentions that 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 Michael Jackson would ask Wade a lot about Britney and how he really wanted to talk about how wonderful Britney Spears was and and in a lot of ways just really encouraged that relationship and that dynamic and I mean I just think there's so many layers do you think that is what inspired Michael Jackson to use Britney in that concert that he did where they did the duet to you make uh you really make me feel and she had that beautiful green dress on because that duet was like also iconic for Michael and for Britney because she oh, yeah. like really like put her everything and it like that song for her actually really fits her voice and like she was able to really keep up with him and like it's not a hard song to sing but you have to have the right melody and you have to have the right um tone for that you know the way you make me feel yes yeah I know I think that song I think that song is a really great fit for Britney as far as her vocals and there is just there is a similarity between 
Brittany, Michael, Janet, and how they move and and the types of performers that they they are slash were. And I I think that Wade just I think he, I think they had one. I think they had a real connection. I think they were very dear friends, and I think that there was a lot of love there. Mm-hmm. God, I just I wish that the two of them would reconnect and just have a friendship. Well, like when you're friends with somebody for that long and you collaborate so well, it really is just a detriment to both of you to like have this like I guess space between you to like you know, to really tear your friendship apart. And granted, there were a lot of things wrong and I'm not saying anybody's right or, you know, like everybody has their faults in that whole situation. But, you know, I think it just, you know, I think it just hurts all of us because they were, they were really great together. They were so great together. They, I mean, their work together was so phenomenal. I really do think that he gave us just the greatest collaborations with Brittany. That whole show it was also really ahead of its time. I, I think that with all of the images that they had and the screens and the just the height of those things, like at one point she battles herself in a dance number. Her the costumes are also incredible. Can we talk about one of my favorite costumes and one Please. of my favorite numbers from it. So I'm a huge fan of Boys, the song. And then for the North American tour, she did the, like the solo version, but she had the suspenders, the black suspender outfit on. Steve, I love that outfit. And then in the European tour, she did the duet with Pharrell, which is also a great duet for her. Like that, I think was a really good um, remix of the song. And that, when I rewatched it the other day, was hands down one of my favorite numbers from it. So That costume, I love Britney in a deconstructed business casual outfit. <laughs> it is so good. It's like a business pant with the suspenders and a crop top. It's just crop like, top. oh you know God, it shouldn't make sense. And yet it's just right as rain. I think every business casual um, outfit needs a crop top. Let's be honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What's your favorite number from the Dream Within a Dream tour? Okay, I know that this is this isn't my favorite, but I do want to give an honorable mention to anticipating. It's very corny. It's not the it it kind of takes us out of the world and gives us just a breath of fresh and then we get back down to serious business, mm-hmm. but we're in a fake cardboard car, we're with girlfriends. The outfit is completely different. She's wearing a long skirt that has different patterns, like patches on it, which does remind me of a skirt that I had in college that I would wear with platform sandals. And it was a cargo, it was cargo pant material, but it was a cargo skirt and it was long. Did it have a ruffle at the end? Like, was yes. there like a, was it like a, Yes. And it was kind of long. It wasn't to my ankle. It was to my calf, I think. 
it was a very strong look. And it remind that skirt, I think, might have been what inspired me to buy my my own my own cargo skirt. But I liked that. I also but okay, so then numbers that I really love. Gosh, I mean a boys actually I I think is fantastic. She's moving, she's using the space and then you feel like, "Oh, is she just doing a lot of walking in this?" And then all of a sudden she just starts doing like crazy amazing moves. She's popping, she's locking. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. She just has so much personality she just is like it's so focused it's just like hitting every mark that number has a ton of marks she's like I gotta be over here I gotta be over there things are she's just it's we're firing on all cylinders it's so good it's so good um another one of my favorite numbers from that tour and I always love it when artists do like a kind of like a mashup of some of their songs so they give you a little taste of it because you know let's be honest like you can't sing all your hit songs so you sometimes got to do like a medley right was it the born to make you happy lucky sometimes that yes. trio yes oh Okay, first of all, Sometimes is one of my favorite Britney songs. Like, I, like in terms of slow, like, kind of, like, you know, angelic Britney, like, give it to me on a pier, you know, I want to look and, and look out in the sea. That song is, like, hands down, like, something that I really, hasn't waned over the last 22 years that she put it out. But that, the medley of those three songs together really, like, hit me in, in like a really, you know, it hit me in a big way. Steve, I feel like you and I could bring a lot to directing and and coming up with the concept for, say, a Britney Spears comeback show. Not I a like, comeback like show, but a return. A return to the stage. I feel like you and I would just be spitballing. We'd be like, okay, we're going to put these three songs and I see Britney. We're bringing back the pier. We're, we've got the ocean. You know, we're <laughs> we're bringing back the suspenders. Here's a couple things we need from you, Brittany. But trust me, everyone's going to go wild. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we, we could bring a lot to that. Wait, it's a Steve. dream. It's a dream within a crop top. <laughs> <laughs> also, you reminded me over text that we watched Chaotic together and I, blo- I, I, I blocked this out. Okay. I can't well, remember. First of all, I have to really preface this with um, I kind of. I kind of got you to, you got, I think it was like a vice versa. So I went, I'm obsessed with American Idol, you know? And so it was a week where there was like um, a top three week. And I think I lured you over with the prospects of watching Chaotic. In in return, you watched American Idol with me. And we, it was the Carrie Underwood season and it was her, Von Zell and Bo Bice. And I, First of all, I'm still thankful to this day that <laughs> Dan you. Levy got me somehow a ticket to the finale to go watch Carrie Underwood <laughs> get showered in the confetti and the Dolby Theater. But we watched that. <laughs> we watched that that episode. And like, I, of course, like was like, uh, I love this. I love Carrie Underwood. Um, and then we watched Chaotic. And I and I think I knew about the show and it was on it aired on CW at the time. Yes. And it, or no, UPN. UPN. Oh my God. When UPN was UPN, come on. Talk about old school. And I just, I think I, one of the things I do remember was you being like, oh, this is, this is too much for me right now. And our friend, <laughs> Jill, I blocked it our, out. our friend Jill Bream was with us and she goes, I think she was like, kind of like, why are you guys watching this? This is awful. Like, it's like home movies of her and Kevin Federline, like, like, riffing on each other I don't know <laughs> it was so it was so dark it was just it was dark I'm going to revisit all episodes of chaotic fairly soon and I committed to it and then I was like I don't know if I can go back there I think I think a rewatch would actually be good for your 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 soul because I think in and rewatching it it might open your eyes to things that you didn't even know what was going on with her you know I think it could mm. answer a lot of questions Steve what do you think now of Brittany for example her posting the skeleton baby that took a dark turn for me um you know I always think with her there's something more that we're just not seeing um, she's been posting a lot about red, like that red refrigerator. She did that picture with the pink top and this is the original photo and this is what it photoshopped. And then the, the ghost baby came and I was like, hmm, I, I, I thought this was going somewhere. And honestly, I, I, I don't know. 
I'm, I'm, yeah. And it's not for us to figure out. It's just like we might, it might hit us in a certain way, but it's not for us to figure out. We don't know. She has a private life. She keeps telling us this. And for whatever reason, that's the photo she chose to share and then followed it up with a vampire dancing video. And that's just, that's where we're at. It kind of, sometimes it makes me sad because I want to help her, but then I have to remember she's not asking for my help. And so I just have to let her fly, you know, like she's on the, you know what we have to do. And I, I'm going to implore this in you. We need to find John Voigt. We need to find that ghost baby and we need to get him to read her a bedtime story. (laughs) And then all will be right in the world. Oh goodness. I know. See, Steve, I think this is, I think this is why you and I've always gotten along so well I, we love being fans. Mm -hmm. And when we first moved to LA, you're just taking me back because all of us would get these jobs where, you know, we were either, you know, we were sitting at desks or, you know, uh, either PAs or assistants or, and, and if one of us had a job that led to some sort of weird free ticket to whatever, we were like, Yes, like we would just go crazy for it. I mean, I went to Dancing with the Stars to the taping of that, I think three or four times. I was a huge, oh, I loved that show at the beginning. Um, American Idol, like we just, we went and we had fun. Like, also I'm like, when did I stop doing that? Why? Why did it end? Why did it end? No, Steve, I know that in your, that in your job, which I actually don't even know if you have a similar, the, the time I'm thinking of is when you would work, when movies were coming out. Yeah. Right. And you were part of the press tours for yeah. all of these different movies yeah. for major, for a major studio. Yes. And what is, what was that experience like as a fan and and an enthusiastic person and you love it. Did you enjoy that? Like when you would meet everyone, is that kind of what you brought to the job and why you were so good at it? Honestly, going and working a premiere was like the Super Bowl to me. It was <laughs> yes. honestly, it, it like there were some movies I worked on that were huge, big budget movies that had these elaborate premieres and they had these epic red carpets and you would see like celebrities, celebrities, celebrities. And like for days, like the, I'm telling you, like I've probably seen like and worked with so many amazing people. But the crazy thing is the things I would fangirl out for <laughs> were the American Idol people <laughs> or the people from Survivor. And those are the people who really like got me going because you connect with people in a certain way when you're watching these shows and you get to know them and they really like, you know, when you're an actor, you sort of like, you know, you're playing a part and, and, you know, it's something that you, it's, it's not really you, but when you are on something like American Idol or you're on Survivor, you're being authentic to yourself. And these are, you want people to know who you are because you want them to vote for you, you know, like, so there's a, I feel like a real difference in a connection that is unlike anything, but you know, working these events, and yes, I still do work in in this in this media, and 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 well, sadly, there are no live events right now because we're in the middle of a pandemic. But you know, I think that's one of the things that I really love about my job is is working with these amazing people, like listening to the stories that people tell, like these filmmakers or these actors. They are giving you once in a lifetime like stories about things and movies and projects that you will hear for years to come. And you were in that room listening to them, you know, talk about this. And so, I mean, for me, that fangirling out and like being a part of that and like helping to promote these things was really something that I I love, you know, and it, it also just makes my job so much easier because when it doesn't feel like work, you know, it, it feels like, you know, you're doing something you love, you know, and, and it's so funny because I run into so many people who are like, oh, I want to go into film or like, oh, I want to get into entertainment. And, you know, the only thing I can say is like, yes, get in there, but you're going to have to go through the, the really shitty stuff before you get to the good stuff, you know? And 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 when you find these opportunities, you, you have to really take them. You have to go to that American Idol finale because 
there's not going to be another one or another time that you can do that. You know, you have to go to the Britney, oops, I did it again tour in Europe because that's not something that you're, I, I don't know when I was ever going to be in Europe again. So like it's these moments and these things that if you don't take them and you don't really sort of embrace them and sort of, you know, celebrate them, then you may never get that chance again. And so, you know, I, I, I say live. Yes, live. It's so true. I worked at Jimmy Kimmel when I first right. came to LA. Yeah. I started out as an intern and then I was a PA and then I became the receptionist and that's as far as I went. <laughs> but it was so fun and Jill Bream would come and meet me. We were roommates at the time and she would come. That's and right. When you guys were in, um, was it Santa Monica, Venice? We lived in Venice. But that's we the would... apartment I went to to watch chaotic with you and Jill. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I love it. But I remember that Jill would come. She also worked in Hollywood and then she would come at 8 p.m. It's when Kimmel was live at the time. And I had to be the last one off of the 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 off of the floor as everyone I had to wait until the show started and then I could shut down the phones up there and then I was the last one to leave that that floor and they had this epic green room and so it was also kind of like a party and they had a full bar and food and Jill and I would go and I could bring a friend and we would eat dinner there like four nights a week oh my and, god and we would just you know have you know, a drink and eat some sushi, some free sushi. And then we would see all the, you know, whoever the guests were. And, uh, and then we would get to leave and just being a fan and having fun with it. I remember when I was an intern at Kimmel and it was when the OC came out and it was just having such a moment. And I I loved Adam Brody because of course, doesn't come on. Oh my God. Such a heartthrob. I went and I was like, who is on Adam Brody's interview at Kimmel? And I went and I found the producer and I was like, listen, I know I'm just an intern, but can I please, can I please go into the dressing room when you prep him? Can I like, please go in? And he was like, I don't know. I don't know. And then finally he was like, all right, Jen, you can come with me. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. He's like, listen, you are not to say a word, okay? You are you are to go in and you're just... He silenced you. He silenced me, but he was just like, I'm prepping him for the interview. We're just going to tell him the talking points and tell him it's going to be great. And and just like, you know, be, basically he was saying, be cool. So, because I was like, it's like a loose cannon. Like I'm like 21 years old, but we get in there and I, <laughs> Steve, I almost gasped because oh he was dating Rachel Bilson at the time, but it was only rumored mm-hmm. and no one, no one knew for sure. And then we walked in and she was sitting on the couch next to him. And I was like, <gasps> my eyes probably <laughs> bugged out of my head and I have gigantic eyes as it is. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. I know for sure. This is now confirmation that they are dating. And now I know no one else knows, like not even us weekly. This is crazy. And then <laughs> you're like, oh my God. It, like at this time, and you also have to remember like that you don't have like a cell phone. Like you don't have like your iPhone that you can like take a picture slyly. Like you have to just put this in the photo memory bank and be like, nobody's ever going to believe this. Like, <laughs> And then get home and be like, Steve, oh my God, guess what I saw at Kimmel. And so I went in and I, uh, and we're standing there and they're like, and he's like, you know, it's gonna be really great. And the crowd's really excited. I couldn't take it. And I was like, there are so many girls outside that have t-shirts me with your name on them. And he was like, <laughs> that's oh. of all the things you could say. Oh my God. That reminds me. Okay. Um, when we were living in Boston, right. Um, and I don't even know that people do this anymore. I'm sure Britney did this, but you know how like pop stars would go to like the mall and they would do like those signings and they'd have those long ass lines that would go all the way around the mall. So my friend, Freddie Franklin, who is amazing and a legend and an icon, um, he and I and our friend, um, Chris went to the Boston mall because get this destiny's child was there and it was right at the time of survivor like right at that oh like, height and yeah. like you know like they were like they had bills 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 and boogaboo and you know say my name but like survivor is what catapulted them into the stratosphere of all stratospheres right we were waiting in line and we're all like okay like what am i gonna say like blah 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 like uh, ooh, 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 uh okay okay gotta be cool gotta be cool you know and you try to play it so cool and the way 
they were set up was, of course, Beyonce's in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then you had Kelly Rowland first and then Michelle last, right? Because, you know, that's just the way Beyonce wanted it. That's the hierarchy of uh, and me and Freddie were like pretty much gagging the whole time, like going crazy. Like, what are we going to say? What are we going to say? And so I get up to the pets and like they're sitting at like a table, three seats, like signing like a picture. Right. And we get up to there and I see Kelly and she's wearing like she's got that short, like red hair. Like, you remember the Nelly? I love you. That hairstyle. Mm-hmm. She looked so great. And I was like, oh, my God, Kelly, I love you. You know, because I, I didn't know what to say because I was waiting for my moment with Beyonce. I, like This was the time I could speak <laughs> directly to Beyonce. And I get up and I, I, I see her and I, I start to, you know, you get the shake a little bit. You get the shake and you get the quiver in your voice. <laughs> and I said, Beyonce, you're so magical. And she looked at me and she go, okay, thanks. And I didn't even know what to do. Like, I was like, this is what I said to Beyonce. Like, this is what? This is the words that came out of my mouth. And I saw Michelle and I was like, you're great. And then I walked away and I was like, no, that's that's amazing though. She is magical, Steve. She is. I know. What did Freddie say? Do you know? Do you remember? Uh, He was like, girl. And he like tried to have a conversation with her. Like, all right, come on, move along. (laughs) Move it along. We will see each other again one day. You mark my words. You know, Steve, thinking about Emerson, when I got there, I felt I got a little nervous because I went in and I, you know, hung up all the posters of Brittany and Justin in my room. And then I suddenly realized that this wasn't the thing. Well, you mean when you went to somebody's room and they had to like Quentin Tarantino posters and boogie nights and you're like, yes, it was all film. Yes, exactly. It was all film stuff. And I felt like I didn't have I, I didn't know a lot about film. I, I mean, I had it's it's interesting, you know, the things that you watch as a as a kid and how you end up at a at a film school with everyone. And it just felt like uncool that I loved Britney until I found and basically until I went to Dragtoberfest at Emerson and seeing seeing these like beautiful performers embody all of these these women these divas and it was just so it was just so spectacular and so unlike anything I had experienced and it elevated my my fandom it Mm -hmm. elevated how it intensified the feelings that I had for Britney, for Beyonce, for all of these performers who I, I just always had this enthusiasm and, and like the way I felt about Janet Jackson and how I, you know, consistently like through my teen years, just like would borrow her power when I'd be in the mirror and like pretending to be her. And, and what did that (laughs) feel like when I would try it on? And then I was seeing other people do that on stage in front of other people. Like I was doing this in my room by myself. Mm-hmm. I just have so much gratitude for finding a place like Emerson. It felt, it just feels so special. Like I remember one time sitting in the cafeteria and it, super crowded cafeteria and and everyone, everyone's doing their own thing. And all of a sudden, Freddie Franklin stood up and he said, everyone be quiet. Everyone be quiet. <laughs> and then I, everyone turned around and he said, this is a very important question. I have to ask all of you. And everyone's like, what? And he's like, I'm headed to work. Do I wear this necklace or this <laughs> necklace? <laughs> and both of them were like chokers. I'm sure. Like, shells or something. Shells, yes. and I was just like I have found my home (laughs) these are my people I feel like Brittany or whoever your idol is you know Lady Gaga Beyonce Tina Turner Alanis Morissette Alanis Morissette whoever (laughs) whoever that person is for you they're kind of like they're they're lighthouses and their light is going round and round and you see it in the distance 
and you are like, oh, I feel, I feel it, I see it, and I just, I gotta, I gotta get on a boat. I know it's dark out, but I'm still gonna get on this boat and I'm gonna head towards this lighthouse because that's where my home is, and I'm just gonna keep going until I find those people that love you know that like that love them as much as I do or also like just get to that feeling that they give you like you know you got to get to the mothership uh, of of Brittany or whoever your idol is and and it really was like once I found Emerson and like found those people and you saw even if they didn't love Britney Spears there was just like this thing where it's like oh but this is the 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 way I love Britney that energy or whatever that is of how she makes me feel like oh this is my community like mm-hmm. who I'm gonna make stuff with and like who I'm gonna you know who I'm gonna create with and who I'm gonna vibe with and and who I'm gonna feel safe with to do all of those things you know and, that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna praise you here and I'm gonna uplift you because I am such a fan of this podcast because it really does give Britney fans a community to sort of, you know, listen to these stories that people have and their, you know, thoughts or feelings on certain aspects of her life. And I'm telling you, like, we're not the only ones who have these, you know, these thoughts, these feelings. Other people out there do too. And I think that's why this is so important because, you know, in life, you, you, you kind of, you, you could be two people. You could be somebody who's a naysayer or you could be somebody who is a doer. And this podcast gives you the chance to do that, the chance to have a Britney community where everybody's heard and everybody understands how you feel because they feel the same way. This, to some people, is their Emerson. Steve, that's really nice. I didn't know where that was going. That's so nice. No, and I do, I think, like, you know, I think, and first of all, I'm obsessed with this hotline. I don't know what is going on with the hotline or what people are saying, but I love it. And I think it gives people a chance to, you know, like, get whatever Britney thing they have off their chest and give them a chance to just have a safe space to talk about it. Yeah, we need to process. I really love hearing everyone's stories when it comes to their, their Britney journey. Or the the memories that they share with their friends that, you know, came from a Britney experience. When I got to meet Lance Bass and like go to his house and sit on his couch, I said to him, thank you. I want to thank you because while you were working so hard, I was, you know, driving on a highway in Albany, New York in my parents' Jeep Cherokee you know, headed to your concert, like learning how to drive on a highway and like picking up my girlfriends and like being with my like best friend, like Megan Meehan and and sharing that memory. And then, and then it's so crazy, you know, just a few years ago, she passed away and you, and you go like, and not for any of that to be dark, but you're like, that's so special though, because we had those memories Mm -hmm. and like, while they were all just working their asses off, I got to be with like my best girlfriend and we're, you know, driving on a highway, experiencing like these first moments of young adulthood. And I think that's what being a fan is all about. And yes, I mean, we defend our idols and we also, you know, it's, you know, we want to, we want Brittany to be free. Also, there are you know, who's, who's better, that whole thing. Like, I I love Lady Gaga. Well, I love Beyonce. And like, you know, the fans get in fights with each other. And it's just nobody needs to fight. We all just love, love let's just love. I just I love I love it all. I love every little bit of why people become fans of certain things. And, and I really that's what I want this space to be. It's, it's, you know, how how these people still make us feel so even when i see positive things that come from britney and and then things that are a little bit more confusing it's like, like ghost I, babies like ghost babies it's so it's so hard like you know my brain is always like don't speculate and it's more i think i'm just curious or i'm like i care about her and i want to know that she's okay you know so yeah. i just like put that That's energy out in the world nature, though like you just want to look out and make sure that the people you care about are okay 
you know? And so I think that with a lot of Britney fans, everybody's always so concerned about how she's doing because they want to just make sure she's okay. You know, this whole conservatorship thing is like out of control. And it's obviously been talked about so much on this show, but like, you know, people genuinely care about her and they care about her well-being. And, you know, there were a lot of people in her life who really didn't, you know? And so the fans, that's why she has such a connection with fans because she knows those are the people who really care about her. And I think that's so important for any artist, like to always remember where you came from. You know, you have to, and you have to embrace the people who will be there for you in your corner as much as, you know, just drowning out the haters. Yeah, and receive all, just receiving the love. Steve, can I ask you a couple of um, my favorite Britney questions? Yeah, go ahead. Favorite Britney dance move. Do you prefer the high kick or the head roll? Oh, I always love a good high kick. I mean, how could you not? Thank you. This is why I love you. I respect those who say the head roll, but I really love the high kick. Oh my God, my cousin Megan, she is like the queen of the high kicks. And every time Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody comes on, she always does the high kick. Like, it's like almost like expected at this point. Like if somebody turns a song on, she's just like, we're like Meg. And she's like, I know you're what you're waiting for here. High kick. Favorite Britney Spears song. Well, my favorite like slow mid tempo song is sometimes. I, okay. I mean, it's, it's, I, it's, it was one of the first songs that really sort of made me fall in love with her, but it's also just like a really gentle, you know, innocent song. You know, sometimes I run and sometimes I do hide. But I do have to say, like, my favorite, like, more dancey, upbeat version would be Boys. And it's the Pharrell co-ed remix. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I love that song. Close second, and if we're talking purely about duets, um, is Me Against Music. Because, duh, you can't have two icons like that and not. Not love it. Yeah. I mean, like, that's like runner-up. Toxic or baby one more time these are the hard-hitting questions um you know i've heard both so many times um but i had an an ex who used to do the baby one more time dance every time it came on and i kind of like it kind of like drove me a little crazy so i'm gonna go with toxic for this one (laughs) like you would do that like weddings and stuff like that and it would like it would just like bring attention. It to triggers him. you. It, it triggers you. It, it, it was very triggering. Brittany with long hair, short hair. Oh, long hair. Absolutely. Like I think when she has that long blonde hair that's sort of slightly curly because she, you know, has um, she has that volume sometimes, you know, um, especially early on in her career before you start dyeing it and it starts getting like a little, you know. Mm-hmm, that long mm-hmm. blonde hair is my favorite. I mean, like you kind of see short hair, Brittany, and you know, there's like those wigs that she has in Toxic, or you know, like I don't know. It just doesn't. I'm not sold on it. Okay, all right, respect, respect. And then blonde or blonde hair, Brittany or blonde, brunette, blonde. Brittany. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You, it, okay. Listen, they do say blondes have more fun, and she has so much fun. It's like insane. I'm so grateful that you came on and talked to me and also that you reached out. You were like, girl, I'm loving this podcast. When we got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I need to get this off my chest. I need to talk about Brittany. Know that I'm still your lighthouse. Yeah, I'm still your lighthouse. Yeah, I'll be your lighthouse. You'll be one for me. We Need to Talk About Britney is an Erios podcast. It is produced by Maria Blasucci. And if you need to talk about Britney, the We Need to Talk About Britney hotline is here. Just call 814-277-3277. Our phone lines are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because sometimes you just need to talk about Britney. Erios. Powered by ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.